hello, hello. Good evening, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How are y'all doing tonight? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on uh, the Voxel apps, Twitch, and Trovo. I'm your host, Mr. C, as usual, and uh, we'll be here for the next couple of hours just talking it up about some current events and other things that are going on. I hope everyone's having a fabulous Tuesday and uh, everything is going quite well for them in their corner of the woods. <laughs> what am I fiddling with? What you talking about, girl? Hey, how's it going, Tam Growl? We have a new winner today, and that is Tam Growl. And Texas Gal is in the house as well. And Yavapai Michael joining us from Arizona. How are you guys doing this evening? Glad to see you all in the chats and uh, glad to have you with us tonight. Let's see. Uh, uh, is it because you thought I was running late? <laughs> Fool me once, Tam Growl. No, just kidding. All right, guys. Hope you guys are doing well this evening. I know I am, and I'm ready to get going with y'all today. So today we're going to do uh, a bit of a special type of an episode here at the Sea Report. Now, um, as you may notice from the little note right here, right there, you see right there, uh, President Trump is going to be on Sean Hannity tonight. So uh, I'm thinking that we're probably going to do a little bit of a watch party. I hope you guys don't mind. I think it'll be a fun time. Uh, and we'll see, uh, we'll see uh, how uh, that uh, pans out. And uh, uh, let's see, uh, we'll see how many times um, Sean Hannity makes the conversation about himself. How about that, guys? That sounds like a way to kind of uh, move past his uh, interviewing. How's it going? Derailing Tombstone, always in Texas. Good to see you all. I hope you don't get kicked tonight either, Tombstone, unless that means, you know, like uh, have a party or something. I don't know. Anyways, I hope you guys are doing well out there. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of, uh, well, there was, you know, a few issues going on. It seems like right now, uh, of course, and this is going to be at the forefront of everything, uh, that Afghanistan is totally dominating the conversation uh, when we're talking about all of our news journals and outlets out there now. As I said, uh, you know, uh, President Trump will be doing a an interview with Sean Hannity tonight at eight o'clock and approximately uh, to say about 36 minutes or so. Uh, so uh, 26 minutes. I take that back. So, uh, like I said, we will be we will be watching the interview tonight live here on the air. It'll be fun time. I think it's the first time we've done a live watch party here at the Sea Report proper. Um, so we'll get we'll get underway with that. And then uh, I would suspect if I'm not mistaken, uh, it'll probably be about yeah 45 minutes to an hour now. Here's what I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it is at least that because uh, then again, sometimes these programs, uh, they, they do run like a whole bunch of stories and they push the interviews towards the end. We'll see how it goes. We'll watch his open and we'll see what he says in regards to uh, Senor Hannity uh, and his show tonight with President Trump. I'll make sure I keep an eye on that as well so uh, we can make sure to um, see that as it comes live. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't specified exactly what kind of uh, an interview, you know what I mean? Like a 15 minute interview, a 20 minute interview, an hour long interview. Couldn't tell you. Uh, but as it was announced on President Trump's uh, newsfeed, well, I figured, heck, why not just check it out? And then we, you know, I'll watch uh, what our president has to say. It's always fun to do that with the friends. 
and uh, hear the words of our president. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we'll we'll stay keen on that and see how that goes. Right now, because uh, like I said, um, Afghanistan is pretty much dominating the conversation across all news streams, uh, and especially in the print journals. Um, but uh, uh, I think I guess Tucker I guess Tucker Carlson comes on before Sean Hannity, and uh, he was going off about uh, you know uh, De Blasio over there in New York and. Boy, did I miss something about de Blasio being like a chain pot smoker that doesn't wash his socks and has very poor hygienical standards? I don't know. That's what he was saying. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, Papai Michael, I am no Fox fan myself. I dropped Fox on election day. Uh, but if our president there is speaking, then I will most definitely tune in uh, and uh, or at least catch the replay. But being as uh, President Trump will be live during the C report, I figured why not? Um, and uh, we'll we'll just check that out. Let me see what else you guys got going on in the chat room today. Hey, just V, how's it going? How's it going? Hope you're hope everything's going well with that uh, that video transfer that you're working on. Uh, it, totally interested to watch. Actually, uh, I have been looking into what was his name? Is it Kevin Kiley? Was that his name? Kevin Kiley, right? Uh, now this is a young man who's running for uh, recall election, uh, Republican Assembly member. Um, interesting young man, you know, well, I say young man, I don't know. He looks like he's younger than me. So I guess I could say that. Right. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he does have that experience in, uh, in the state legislature, uh, but we'll see what's up. I mean, there's just, uh, I mean, there's so many things and, uh, to, to the point, uh, just V and I had had a conversation offline. Um, you know, the only thing is he does not have, he does not have the, uh, the name, you know, pool, like, uh, as, as such, that people could uh, easily recognize him versus someone like Larry Elder, you know. I'm sorry you don't watch Hannity just be, uh, but uh, he will be on screen today. So wear your sunglasses. No, just <laughs> All right, let me see what else we got going on in here today. What's going on, Joy for Trump? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, we will air it here on the Sea Report, Joy for Trump so that you don't have to give Fox News any ratings. <laughs> Even though I'm sure the ratings for Fox News does go up anytime President Trump is on uh, on their screens. Sean Joe, welcome to the show, my friend, and thank you so much for gifting the cookie out the doors. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, that sounds so neat. That sounds very nice. Uh, Just he says, waiting for Relius Lock to go to dinner. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so jelly. I'm so jelly. Two of my faves get to meet up. You get to meet up with WC, you get to meet up with Aurelius Locke. That's cool. Well, I hope you guys have a pleasant dinner. What are, where, what are you guys going to have for dinner? I'm super curious to know. Uh, but that is amazing. See, that's what we're talking about. Everyone coming together and meeting up with each other. Um, it's a start, right? It is most definitely a start. Uh, let's see what else we have um, in the chat box today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Papa Michael is no longer. Yeah, I don't think anyone is a Fox fan in this room. The only fans of Fox that we are Foxhole fans, right? Uh, just a fantastic text gal. Uh, she doesn't watch Hannity. Haven't watched Fox since. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I stopped watching Fox when they called Virginia early. Uh, <laughs> that one was like, whoa, this is a 2% reporting. One of the first uh, first states to close, and they called it at two percent. I was like, "What?" 
anyways, well, actually, you know, to be honest with you, I did not stop watching at that point because I was actually on air till midnight covering the elections and we were just doing Fox as our base uh, baseline on that. But anyways, it was it was an interesting it was a fun night. It was a fun night. That's for sure. Uh, um, I mean, the the swindling aside, it was a fun night. Tombstone says Afghanistan is a huge distraction. I would definitely agree with you on that guy, um, especially when we're thinking about everything else that's supposed to be. And, you know, we talked extensively about uh, Afghanistan yesterday and I threw out a bunch of theorems. I threw out a bunch of kind of ideas that were swimming in my head, all of it pretty much based on history. And, you know, it was not so much, it was not to paint the Taliban who is now going into uh, who's now going, uh, who's taken over, taken back Afghanistan, not to paint the Taliban as the good guys, but in this whole geopolitical spectrum of what we see going on. Uh, and, you know, uh, based on the propaganda and the lies that we're fed by the mainstream uh, uh, tunnels throughout the world and, and all their corporate globalist propaganda, uh, just putting some perspective into view, you know, like uh, I went back over it and uh, was going again through some of their history, you know, because like I said, like, uh, you know, they were basically, uh, they were at war with the British. The British were trying to take over them in like the 1800s. So I uh, British, I think globalist, you know, then the Russians were in there too. And the Russians actually were there that helped Afghanistan secure its independence uh, around like 1970. And then when that fell apart, the communists invaded because, you know, they had a weak government. And then that was, there's more fallout from there. And then after that, there was civil war you know, that broke out and uh, you had the Taliban who were initially funded, the uh, Taliban Mujahideen were initially funded by the CIA in the late 70s. So you're like, okay, bad guy, uh, bad guy or useful idiot or prop used by the CIA, a proxy army to do what they want. They're getting funded, you know, and then uh, in the 90s, you had Pakistan funding the Taliban and Pakistan is the country that helped the Taliban take control of Afghanistan in 96. And uh, that was that period between 96 and 2001 before the United States forces went in there um, uh, that uh, they were, they did, they did instill Sharia law, you know, and we all know about Sharia law. We all know how it was bad uh, for a lot of, well, a lot of, a lot of human rights issues due to Sharia law and their religious, you know, uh, bigotry and, and uh, malice and, and murderous nature of that. That, uh, that type of uh, belief, right? Um, but at the same time, and then it's interesting because, you know, um, you had, uh, you had the United States funding all of that. You had Pakistan funding all of that. And then after 2001, Pakistan turned their backs on the Taliban. So it's like, what's going, I mean, it's just, it's a big cesspool. It's what people like to call a cluster party, you know, a cluster party. So anyways, uh, and so anyways, just, uh, just yesterday's presentation was all based on that perspective of history. Um, uh, you have a, a group of people that have literally been played by on all sides. Uh, it seems like the Russians were the only ones who were really there to, because uh, they, well, Russia was trying to keep the Brits from expanding too far east. And at the same time, Russia was coming to the south. And again, this is like going back into the 70s, 60s and stuff like that. So a whole bunch of stuff going on there. We will like, uh, uh, depending on how this live interview with President Trump goes, we'll touch on a little bit of that stuff. There's a few more developments coming out of Afghanistan right now. And again, Tombstone, you are right. It is a huge distraction. 
Um, cause on the front, on the, the front here in, in, uh, the United States of America in these United States of America founded by the constitution for these United States of America, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have the election audits to consider. Um, but you know, you know, because we, we are all aware pretty much here that, um, you know, at least in this community and in communities of patriots and communities of people who are awake and who are actually paying attention to stuff, that the, uh, the audits are very, very detrimental to, uh, you know, the globalist and it's very pivotal which way it's going to go, right? So a lot of people are paying attention to that. But on the flip side, you have to think about the mainstream media, uh, you have to think about the media that all the sheeple, all the apathetics, all the people who don't care, all the people who are disengaged pay attention to. Like, even if someone is not politically engaged, even if someone does not care about politics, if they're going to hear any news coming from some network, it's going to be from one of these mainstream areas. And that's the narrative that they are going to tie into. So, um, you know, I, I, I would I would say for sure that the uh, whole thing with Afghanistan would be a distraction. But if you're talking about how the election audits is a concern, really, if you think about it, uh, what are they distracting? Because they haven't been covering the election audits. Now, one thing that is for sure is that when this um, when this uh, this report drops out of Arizona, and uh, people start moving forward with it, that would most definitely be something that they would want to distract from. Because uh, as you guys may be aware, you know, like the state of Wisconsin is pretty much gearing up to do an audit, not just of Brown County and not just of Milwaukee County. The state of Wisconsin is gearing up to do an audit of the entire dang state, guys. So um, that's something that's going to come forward. So if we're talking about Afghanistan being a distraction, I wouldn't say so much as it is right now, but so much that it will be a diversion moving forward, which means this could be part of an even bigger setup. Like uh, we're talking about maybe war. And this is something that they have not been able to do for the last four to five years until Biden got in. I'm sure all of you guys have heard about uh, the moves that China is making also. And again, like I said, this is all because they have no respect or fear for the United States of America. When Biden got into office, the communists came back and started taking over in places. We, we saw it in South America. We've seen it in Peru, right? We talked about that on the international episodes. We are seeing it in Cuba, you know, like, and of course they already had a communist regime in Cuba, but they are more enabled to do what they want to do and to get rid of the dissidents that they, they want to because there's no longer protection from and it's again, it's not to make United States of America a big brother or anything like that, but uh, there's no protection for those people in the event that they need to flee. And then, of course, so sickeningly, disgustingly enough, you have the Biden regime refusing Cuban refugees, those who truly need the refuse. Um, and uh, they, they don't have it. They don't have it. You know, you can be uh, someone coming in from uh, from Haiti via Mexico and you're fine. Uh, you can be someone from Afghanistan now, apparently, and you're fine. But if you're coming from Cuba, you're not. So, you know, it's like, what's up with that? Right. Anyways, let me hop back into the chat and then we'll continue this fun discussion. Uh, let me see what you guys are uh, 
let's see what's let me see what's on y'all's mind uh let's see here uh yeah the huge destruction ohio kimmy hola chica and gracias para un cookie por la cookie how do you say is it galleta how do you say cookie in spanish tam growl says uh let me see what'd you say tam growl where'd you go tam growl i just saw you here a minute ago Oh, yes, that's uh, just the second Foxholder meetup. Say hello to Mr. Aurelius for me, Miss Tamgrau. I most definitely appreciate you. Quilt Anon is in the house. Good evening. Hi, Michael says, yeah, I'm down with the live feed because of Trump and Mr. C. Hooray. Thank you. And uh, let's see. Sean Joe says, de Blasio's real name is Warren Wilhelm Jr. Are you serious? It's Warren Wilhelm Jr.? <laughs> well, who would have known? Someone should look into his bloodline. Well, I mean, you mean you knew you knew apparently, but that is so interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, Kylie is younger than me, <laughs> not by much, not by much, but he is younger than me. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got in the chat? Tum -tum 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 -tum. Ohio gift another cookie. Thank you, Casual GG. Welcome to the show. Hope you're doing well tonight. Uh, CJM61, how's it going, my friend? And let's see here. Uh, Tamgrau, Ohio. I haven't watched Fox since they put the purple hair demon on. <laughs> the purple hair demon. You being the, the lady with the the lady with the Easter egg helmet on her head. <laughs> Are you talking about one of Nancy uh, Na uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, Pelosi's uh, 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 aides? Um, Quiltanon says Afghanistan is, where'd you go? Afghanistan is revealing much, is revealing much to those still asleep. Well, uh, you're right. It's revealing how inept or how, uh, destable, uh, unstable, I should say, uh, uh, the Biden administration is like, talk about the biggest disgrace to ever happen in the United States of any American president, the biggest disgrace. So I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think most definitely, I think most definitely people are gonna be like, what? Like, like he can't be that bad. Right. But then again, that's also why I'm saying, uh, another like inkling that I'm having is that it could very well be a setup to remove him because now even the people who voted for him are going to be like, dude, like we can't stand for this. I mean, there might be like 12 people that voted for him, but at least half of them are going to be like, dude, really? Like, come on, uh, Joe. Uh, uh, but, you know, then again, probably the other half of that 12 probably are not even paying attention. <laughs> they probably don't even know that Afghanistan is not is going on right now. They probably have absolutely no idea. But, yeah, you know, I'm just jumping back into that whole Afghanistan thing, like it really is like you know, we do have to consider what we've been told and what we've been fed this entire time, you know, uh, uh, in regards to the narrative that's been spun. Um, someone had thrown, maybe it was, maybe it was in the chat yesterday, someone had said something to the effect that what if this was part of like the white hat plan to really make them look bad? Because um, as we'll talk about in a little while, uh, pending the uh, Trump interview tonight on Hannity, uh, this new Taliban regime who's taken back um, Afghanistan uh, basically, basically seem to be upholding the agreements that they made with President Trump. And again, um, I would say, why would an administration like President Trump's administration work with these people? 
would you not think that he would seek to find the true uh like people of afghanistan because we know that the people who were there now the afghan the afghan government that was there that just fled right we know that that was installed by the west we know that they are globalist western back installed why do i say that well think about the president of afghanistan that just fled the country remember i told you yesterday he fled the country with helicopters and cars full of cash so much he could not even carry it all right well who was that guy his name was like uh, Afrash Ghani or something like that, right? That's what, something like that. That was the president. Okay, so I dug up a little bit of juice on this dude. And that dude used to work for the World Bank and he used to work for the United Nations. Okay, so the current government, the one that they're pining for on the mainstream media, the one that Fox and CNN and MSNBC are all like, Biden, you got to save her. Yes, we have to save the Americans. We absolutely do. But who were those Americans? Were they Americans for the corporate United States or for the organic United States, right? Like, who were they working for? So like I said, yesterday, I wasn't necessarily painting the Taliban as good guys, as angels. Uh, but again, there's a whole muddled story narrative over there that we really don't know what the hell it, like i said that's why i showed you guys some history on afghanistan going back into the 1800s there's been so much chop of that country between the british the russians the united states pakistan like and and then communists and then the mujahideen who were funded by you know um, the united states like so much you know, we don't we can't really get a fix on exactly who was supposed to be uh, who has real rights to that land. And that's, again, why I ask, why would someone like the Trump administration work with the Taliban if the Taliban were indeed that force that, you know, harbored uh, Osama bin Laden? And again, at the same time, to be fair, again, the Taliban did harbor Osama bin Laden in between 1996 and 2001. And, you know, Osama bin Laden was not even over there that whole time. And, you know, for the love of God, we don't even know that Osama bin Laden was even over there. You know, like we don't even know. Like, supposedly he was on a dialysis machine in like Washington, D.C. or Maryland or something like that. So we don't even know that is a fact. OK, we just know that the United States has been actively has actively been trying to destabilize Afghanistan since the 1970s. OK, they funded the Mujahideen. The Mujahideen is where the Taliban outgrew from. So they, we have been trying to destabilize Afghanistan since nine, since the 70s. And then in 1996, when the Taliban, whom we funded, and we were allies with Pakistan, and Pakistan funded them and helped them get into power. Okay, so like I said, and then Sharia law happened. But to be fair, the guy who is currently in charge of the Taliban government there in Afghanistan is not the same person who was in charge in 1996 when it was overthrown by Pakistan and the United States. So anyways, guys, uh, it's interesting. It's like it's this whole convoluted mess over there, guys. But, you know, we're just here to talk about it and kind of like uh, to mull over it, try and wrap our heads around it, that kind of a thing. Very exciting, very exciting. Um, not exciting in a good way, but like if you're a student of history, it's like, dang. And you really want to kind of see exactly how it's going to play out. You know what I mean? Um, we are living history, guys. Like we, you know, we've probably lived more historical moments in the last 
20 years than we have throughout the entire history of the United States. Like, talk about when they write history books about the uh, United, these United States of America. There's going to be a whole volume on its own between like 1990 and 2021 or something like that. But anyways, okay, let's see what else is in the chat before uh, we get Sean Hannity on the air. Now, again, we'll see his live so we can figure out, you know, when exactly he's going to put President Trump on. And then uh, if Trump comes on later on in the show, then we'll we'll talk shop. And then, uh, you know, otherwise we'll we'll be there live. I'm hoping that it's a it's you know, it's an extended uh, it's an extended interview. I don't think that uh, I don't think that President Trump would make such an announcement. And I don't think that Sean Hannity would have him on the show for anything less than 15 minutes. Let's see here. What is going on? See, this Afghanistan talk has got me so excited, right? Like I'm like, woo, going to jump out of my chair. Uh, let's see. What, oh, you guys are moving quick in the chat today. Let's see what else we got going on. Where did I leave off? <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Pilled by the Rabbit. Pilled by the Rabbit is hair. How you doing, sir? Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> yes. Oh, did I swear? What did I say? Dang. <laughs> For the love of God. I'm not sure. Oh, that's cool. Um, Texas gal. Hey, Texas gal. Till Valhell Group has said there is a lot of soldiers who in Afghanistan having serious mental issues right now. They feel forgotten. That's the, that's a sad, terrible truth. Um, you know, because, again, a lot of Americans are there. Soldiers are there. They sent more soldiers in. Uh, the current... P, the, P, the current uh, Taliban who has taken back Afghanistan did say that they were going, they were not going to engage them in fighting. That's what they said. We'll look at an art. We'll look at an article later. We'll look at an article later and explore that. Uh, but that is, uh, that is what they said. Good evening, Gary Flessner. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you in there. And I hope you are enjoying your dinner, sir. I hope you are enjoying your dinner. Um, let's see here. Skeeter Burke is in the house. Good evening, Skeeter Burke. How you doing? And uh, let's see here. Blonde Blue Lady Q. Hello, ma'am. How are you doing tonight? Good to see you in the house. Did I hear there's going to be a Trump interview? Blonde Blue asks. Yes, you did, ma'am. And we will be airing that live. We're going to have a little bit of a watch party tonight here at the Sea Report. iRobot61 is in the house. Good evening. And yes, you'll be here. And gifting a cookie. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, a set true. Yeah. Quiltanon agrees with the idea. The con Well, you I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, anything could happen at this point, but uh, it does seem like it's a setup to move Biden. It's a setup to further destabilize Afghanistan. It's a setup to possibly start a war. Um, I mean, it could do a whole bunch of things and then totally distract from the outcome or the publicizing of the uh, the Arizona audit and the rest of the um, the rest of the audits that are forthcoming. Because right now it looks like all 50 states may be on board with auditing at least the cyber forensics of what happened in 2020. Um, so that's big news right there. Like, you know, this might be one of their last cards, you know. Um, but if uh, we do have, uh, you know, some sort of shadow administration from Trump or any type of patriot or any type of where we go one, we go all white hat group, you know, or, or even the even the uh, generals and the retired generals and admirals that had signed on um, um, to defending this country and um, not not recognizing the Biden regime. Uh, who knows, guys, at this point, like this could this could all be for 
the good, you know. Um, like I said, the current Taliban regime has said that they're pretty much going to follow what the agreements they made with Trump. You know, they're not going to they're not going to attack any of the soldiers, American soldiers. They're going to allow uh, women uh, to be in schools and they're not going to they're not going to put them under Sharia law, basically, is what they're saying. They're not going to force them into their house. I don't know about the burqa part, but. From what I understand, they will allow them to work. They will allow them to go to get a higher education, to have school and education. Um, and they're also not going to allow any type of group or government to use their country as a base to attack other countries. Like this has been said as of today, the current Taliban government, that is what they said. Now, are, could they be lying? I guess they could be. I don't know. But um all of that kind of falls in line with what the Trump agreement with the Taliban group had been. The only the only difference is the agreement that President Trump had set up with the Taliban also included the Western backed globalist Afghani government, the one that is currently fleeing. OK, and that's one thing I think people need to remember. The government of Afghanistan that was there now was created by the West. It was created by the globalists and it was run by a person that used to be involved with the United Nations and the World Bank. So don't forget that, guys. The president was a former employee for the World Bank. That should say enough. And uh, again, I'm not saying I'm not saying the Taliban are good guys. I'm not saying they're angels. But at the same time, they're not the same Taliban that was there in 1996 under real strict authoritarian Sharia law. I'm just giving you guys perspective, okay, about what I see in my readings. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q, thank you for gifting the phone this evening. I much appreciate it, ma'am. You want a call? Give me a call, Blonde Blue. <laughs> okay. All right. You guys are moving quick in the chats today. Yeah. iRobots, uh, that would be wise to wait and see who the Taliban allies with. Uh, Jerry Z's is in the house. Um, ooh, I like the white hat theory. Me too. Like personally, Jerry Z's, I, I, I was of the belief that, you know, there's a possible shadow administration running stuff from behind. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of kind of like signals about that happening, you know, like, you know, when, uh, they wouldn't allow the Biden administration to do certain things with the military or with, you know, like, um, uh, intelligence services, stuff like that, you know? Um, there's just a lot of, oh wait, okay guys, let me get this guy on the screen real quick. Okay, let's see what he has to say. He's going to tell us about Trump. Here we go. Jeez Louise. That is now unfolding inside Afghanistan as 10,000 plus American citizens are trapped inside the country and we see no immediate plan to get them out as Joe Biden has been asleep at the wheel for days. We expect, oh, he might momentarily arrive back from his vacation at the White House. We'll ask President Trump about his prior negotiations, direct negotiations with the Taliban and the red lines that he put in place uh, that Joe Biden clearly did not enforce. President Trump coming up exclusively. Meanwhile, tonight, Joe Biden finally coming back from Camp David and gearing up for what is, I guess, a restful night at the White House. While thousands of our fellow Americans are living through hell on earth in Afghanistan, we cannot even report to you tonight the exact number of Americans that are trapped inside Afghanistan. Somewhere, we're told, reports between 10,000 and maybe as many as 40,000 of our fellow Americans are trapped behind enemy lines spread out all over the country. 
We don't know where they all are. The Biden administration doesn't know exactly how many. They don't know where these Americans are located. And now Biden's State Department is just telling them, just shelter in place. And when notified, find your own way to the airport in Kabul. Please tell me that's not your plan. You, you guys are not serious. According to Biden's clueless national security advisor, the terrorists in the Taliban will now that they're in control provide safe passage. This as Taliban fighters are now savagely beating, shooting, stabbing people all around the airport. A foreign correspondent with the L.A. Times tweeted out these horrific images showing the Taliban using gunfire, whips, sticks, sharp objects to attack those on airport road. According to one U.S. official, quote, the Taliban have a ring outside of the airport. They won't let anyone inside it. And the big issue here is that no people outside of the Taliban ring will get in. No way they get 30,000, not even close. Over the weekend, we saw these images of a U.S. military plane packed with 600-plus people desperately fleeing Kabul. But now planes are taking off mostly empty. Why? Because the Taliban is not allowing passage into the airport. One German plane capable of carrying 150 individuals, yeah, they took off with seven passengers on board. And meanwhile, Taliban terrorists, they're going now door to door, according to numerous reports tonight, searching for Americans, allies, and American interpreters, and anyone else who they believe assisted the U.S. in any way over the last 20 years. There are horrifying reports of people being tortured, dismembered, and executed. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute Hannity real quick because he's reading an article from the Washington Compost. Hannity reading a liberal magazine. Now, I have an article from the Epoch Times where the leader of the Taliban just said that they will not retaliate against people who supported the Western-backed government of, of Afghanistan that currently was ousted. And that even if they supported them or they, that's what they said. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see, guys. This is uh, this is uh, fake news versus real news. I don't know. Enjoy the show, guys. It's on a colossal scale. The number one priority of the Biden administration, when Joe finally gets back, he hasn't quite arrived yet, must be the safe evacu evacuation of every American. But as we speak at this hour, there's no plan to rescue our fellow citizens, let alone our allies, let alone the translators that were promised by our government that if this moment ever came, they would be protected by us and other Afghans that face certain death because of their assistance to our country in the last 20 years. There is no plan whatsoever. There's nothing. And even worse, the Biden administration won't even commit to securing the airport past August the 31st, even if fellow Americans are trapped inside the country. This, I had to see for myself. I will let you decide. Can you offer any guarantee to the Americans and Afghan allies that if they remain there past the end of the month, U.S. troops will help them evacuate past the end of the month? Alicia, our, our focus right now is uh, undoing the work at hand. 
and on the task at hand. And that is day by day, getting as many American citizens, as many SIV applicants, as many members of a vulnerable population who are eligible to be evacuated to the airport and out on planes. Uh, and we're going to do that in an expeditious fashion. That is the focus of the president, of our secretary of defense, of our secretary of, of state, uh, and everybody on our national security team. Uh, so that, that is where we will keep our efforts. Joe Biden and Jen Psaki, they had ignored this for three straight days as they've both been on vacation. Our defense secretary, our secretary of state, the vice president, and all of the national security advisors seem totally clueless and oblivious to what was unfolding before the world's eyes to see. To be clear, the Biden administration is making zero promises tonight. If you're afraid for your life and you are in Afghanistan and somehow seeing this show, whether you're an American or one of our allies, you have good reason to feel that way. If you're a journalist whose life is at risk tonight, like every other. See, guys, all I have to say is, does Hannity do his own research and does he look into history or does someone hand him a script? And then, you know, just he puts his passion and his vigor and his vim behind it. I don't know. I'm just saying good points uh, all around in the. Uh, in the uh, chat, y'all. Reason Joe Biden just didn't seem to care, didn't seem to understand the magnitude as this was unfolding in record time when he told us this wouldn't happen. If you're a little girl tonight and you live in Afghanistan, well, the odds are higher that you will be enslaved by the Taliban. Again, guys, they just released a statement saying they were not going to do that, but I don't know. Maybe they're lying. I don't know. You tell me. A few hours ago, Joe Biden hadn't even spoken to not a single world leader about the fall of Kabul and the situation unfold. We know Fox is owned by Disney, right? So Hannity is owned to a point. And Biden was warned over and over and over again. Marco Rubio told us last night that his strategy for withdrawal would end in this disaster. Marco Rubio and others, Democrat and Republican senators on the Intel Committee, have been warning Biden and his administration repeatedly. They have been ignored repeatedly. Joe Biden's top generals, according to numerous reports, were pleading with him to slow the drawdown to conditions that were based on the ground when they were conducive, because they're not conducive right now for what's happening. Now, this is the single largest military intel debacle I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen a number of them. And as this crisis is unfolding, Biden could only be bothered to put his vacation on pause for a short, what, 10-minute scripted speech where he blamed everybody for this disaster and then said the buck stopped with him and turned around and went right back on vacation. Or as the Wall Street Journal editorial board, well, quite eloquently put it, Biden to Afghanistan and the Americans there Drop dead. Biden is literally defiant in blaming others for his Afghan debacle. Even one former CIA analyst, I couldn't believe my eyes, on MSDNC was outraged, and rightly so. Take a look. This consequential speech by the American president didn't run from it. Okay, can't stand either of those guys. Yeah, so very interesting, guys. Even Fox is giving a conflicting story. And, you know, like Pilled by the Rabbit says, Fox News gave up Arizona and so much more. You know, keep your eye on the ball. Um, you really have to wonder uh, if this is also being fed into uh, this, you know, Sean Hannity's open tonight. Because, um, guys, we are. I will show you guys the articles. I will share you the, with you the information after the interview about what the Taliban has said. And like I said, they had three main points. 
three main points. And like I said, I'm not making them out to be heroes, but if we're going to take, I take people at hundred percent, you know, it's not the same regime that was in charge in 1996 for one. These are the people that were working with president Trump to stabilize and to have a troop withdrawal uh, when Trump was in office, same people. Okay. Now these same people have agreed to do the same basic things that they were going to do when president Trump made this agreement with them. Minus the fact that now the Western-backed globalist government, Afghanistan, that is fleeing will not be present. Anyways, so like I said, we'll talk about that. Let me see what else this fool is saying. After 9-11-2001, and get this, the reported mastermind behind the Taliban takeover, this ought to get your blood boiling. Yeah, we had him in custody. He was a prisoner at Guantanamo Bay. We had him. We had no reason to release him. But he was released in a swap, you might remember, for Army deserter Bo Bergdahl during the Obama-Biden administration. And if you recall at the time, they both assured all of us in America that they were going to Qatar and would never return to Afghanistan or terrorism ever again. But don't worry, according to the Biden administration, well, Americans can trust this terrorist to now give them safe passage to the airport that they now have created a perimeter around and not allowing anyone to get through. The one that's currently surrounded, the one that embassy workers were airlifted into. Joe Biden, this country just days ago, none of this would happen. How could he be so wrong? That's a question we'll be asking for a long time. Take a look. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops at 300,000, well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an air force, against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. Now, this is a disaster on a massive scale. There's no end in sight. President Trump, as I told you, is moments away. We'll get his take. How will we deal with this from now? First, with reaction, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. He's been there many times, and he happened to be in Vietnam as well. There's a couple of Purple Hearts to show for it. Colonel, we don't know how many people. We don't know where they all are. We know they can't get to the airport, and we know the planes aren't available, and nobody, nobody seems to have any plan to get them the hell out of there as it's and, and did not see this coming. What do we do now? Well, there were people who saw it coming, Sean. Let me just let me go back to where well, we were well, last the, night. You're right. I, meant the, I meant the Biden administration. I'm, yeah. Well, that's okay. Here's some real numbers, unlike the ones that we've, we've been hearing about. The number of American service members killed in Afghanistan through April 2nd, 2,448. U.S. contractors killed, 3,846. Afghan national military and police. 66,273. Anybody who says the Afghan army wouldn't fight is lying to himself and the American people, and of course, the people of Afghanistan. When you think of the Gold Star families in the United States who miss those, those Americans who were killed over here, think about what it's like if you're an Afghan and you lost your brother, you lost your father, you lost your sons. My God, we promised them that we were going to stick it out. We promised the same thing to those Terps. Turns out, there's not just 10,000 interpreters. There's close to 50,000 if you count their family members. 
We promised to take them out with us. That's not happening. And there's a lot of other things that are coming out from this administration that just aren't true. I'll give you one. The other night, the president talked about the, because it was yesterday, wasn't it? The president talked about over the horizon capabilities for dealing with counterterrorism. Let me just tell you something about over the horizon capabilities. Air power, but no search and rescue for downed pilots means the air power is useless. The unfounded, unfolded, faster than we expected comment. The president actually said that this unfolded faster than we expected because he did it because he refused to take the advice from the CIA and from his, his own staff. But the bottom line of it is it unfolded faster than we expected gives you a clue as to what they ultimately expected to happen in Afghanistan. We never heard that before. They just hoped it was going to happen in six to nine months instead of six days. The bottom line of it is this administration has been deceiving us and the rest of the world. The Afghan military, 300,000. Yes, there were 300,000 well-equipped and well-trained. But that's not true once they started losing the troops when he set the withdrawal date. If you look back at the attrition rates in the Afghan military, it begins with him saying everybody's going to be out by the 31st of August. The, pallet, the, the fact the Taliban does not have an air force, in fact, they do now. Some of those aircraft weren't flown out of the country. Some of them were disabled. And the F Taliban will find people because they've got the same kind of attractiveness, Sean, that ISIS used to have. Remember, there were people flooding to ISIS, radical Islamists from all over the world. And again, the comment about it's wrong to order American troops to fight if Afghan troops won't fight is absolutely an outrage. It's terrible. And, uh, and lastly, let me just make one point. Freedom Alliance that you helped. We've got 500 college students who are the children of those who were killed or permanently disabled in the line of duty. 500 due to start college here in the next few weeks. Those 500 youngsters deserve to be remembered. for some, They deserve to remember their fathers and their parents and their brothers for the kind of people that they really were. And they gave their lives for the, the safety of this country. They didn't give it to, to quit. They didn't want to quit. Many of them were volunteers who went back multiple times. I've been on the phone with several of them over the last couple of days. They're so despondent. I'm concerned that the suicide rate for our veterans, which dropped from 22 to 20 because of the programs put under the Veterans Administration and by organizations like Freedom Alliance, encourage them not to take their lives, is going to start to climb dramatically because this is such a depressing thing to happen. Ten days ago, we had 2,300 U.S. troops on the ground. The, uh, we now have over 7,000, and we're looking for 10,000 Americans of various... At least. And, you know, they're... They're, they're at least, often. Colonel. Exactly. Right. We don't know. We don't know how many there really are. How about that? And nobody can go out there and look for them because after we, all, the uh, Taliban is protecting us. God help us. God help them and pray for them. Colonel, thank you. All right. Donald Trump in a few moments. First, following Biden's disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, our allies are now worried, rightly so, if they'll have U.S. support in their time of need. Today, the White House was forced to push back on Chinese propaganda attacking the U.S. and Taiwan, or what they call reunification. Here with reaction to that is Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton. The Chinese now have aligned with Russia. They're providing arms to Iran. Uh, they have threatened our military bases, Japan's military bases. Uh, we know that they are talking about recognizing this new, quote, uh, Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan as quickly as possible. Uh, on top of that, they're talking about reunification, which we both know would be the takeover of Taiwan. Question tonight is, Senator, what we now have all of our enemies 
seemingly trying to take advantage of what's going on here. How do we first save the lives of Americans in Afghanistan? Yeah, Sean, uh, you see the Chinese propaganda that's going to reverberate for years to come. But the immediate priority, as you say, is to get the Americans trapped behind Taliban lines out of Afghanistan. Joe Biden told a bald-faced lie yesterday when he said they planned for every contingency. They obviously did not because there are 10 to 15,000 Americans behind Taliban checkpoints. My office has been in direct contact with hundreds of these people who have not heard from the State Department who cannot get to the airport in Kabul because the Taliban have checkpoints all over the roads and control all access to it. And Joe Biden's administration won't even commit to stay in Afghanistan to secure that airport for two more weeks to get all those Americans out. And we're really now at the mercy of how long the Taliban is willing to grant safe passage to American citizens. This is a fiasco. It has grave, grave threats for our future if there's a massive hostage crisis. And it really reveals Joe Biden's impotence and incompetence to the whole world. It really is scary, Senator, and how it can happen. Is there anything you can do, any words you can say? Do you have any confidence that that we're going to get our fellow Americans the hell out of there? I like Tom Cotton, to be honest with you guys. Uh, But, um, okay, so I was doing a little bit of digging here while they were talking to see if I could find an article talking about the Taliban encircling the airport. Could not find anything, and you would think that that's what they would be talking about. Uh, I don't know where that, I mean, I'm not Hannity, so I don't know where he gets his intel from uh, or what his sources are. I found more articles about the Taliban allowing women to enter into society. (laughs) that i found an article from india about it anyways uh yeah so uh, yeah this is like there's going to be a whole four four story before president trump gets on uh we'll go ahead and i'm going to pop into the chat again because you guys are buzzing right now let me see what it says today yeah this is this is a little bit different for the c report right guys okay so it's okay we have some stories that we'll be we'll be touching on in a little bit after the uh after the interview with president trump and we'll check into that. Um, but I don't know. I just like uh, Hannity has this urgent urgency uh, that I just I don't know. I, I'm just I, I'm not I'm not really sure if I believe what he's saying. Um, let's see here. Who believes they are going around beheading and stabbing? I don't personally. This is Tam Growl. I mean, again, sources. Right. Uh, and I'm looking, you know, because there are other, there are other, you know, uh, journals and stuff that I could look to that are like from the Middle East. Um, Al Jazeera is one that I would not uh, put too much faith in because that is a Western backed uh, outfit. Uh, but, you know, when you look at some of the independents, um, especially out of places like Syria and, and surrounding areas, they have pretty interesting content in their in their articles. Um, let me see here. Who believes they are going? Oh, where is this one? Um, um, oh, let's just talk about Governor Abbott. You heard he got the covid. Um, I'm really having trouble believing him with no pictures or sauce, says uh, Tombstone. Um, I believe it is bad. However, I don't believe people are hanging on the outside of planes and falling off. That too. Uh, I don't know. The, uh, someone was saying earlier, I think, you know, like that. Would they really allow that kind of thing to happen? You know, I don't know. MacGyver, thank you for the cookie. Orange woman, mad, orange woman bad. <laughs> Hannity man fake. <laughs> I would have to say, yeah, you're right there, sir. Good evening, 123SKG. How are you doing tonight? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, let's see here. Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the next cookie. Uh, and uh, Bumblefrog, we're watching a movie and we're yet to see the big plot twist. Nothing is as it seems. I agree with that. 
Uh, Biden just created the largest army in one armament drop in history. Accidental? I think not. Yeah. And some of you guys are pointing about this whole thing about China. Like we'll really know what's going on once we, uh, once we, uh, we see if they lie with China. And if I'm not mistaken, China's already trying to make deals or they've been in touch or they, I, I read a headline about that somewhere. I was going to try and dig it up before the show started tonight but time. Uh, so um, yeah, we'll see about that. And then, you know, Hannity says that Russia made a deal with China. I ain't heard nothing about that. You know, I mean, I go through the headlines and I haven't heard Putin say, yes, me and Xi Jinping and me and the communist party. I haven't heard Putin say that either. So I don't know. But then again, you know, um, well, what I would say is, you know, uh, an enemy, of, uh, an enemy of an enemy is a friend, right? Uh, or your friend, your your enemy's friend is your friend, or I don't know. Anyways, so I mean, that could always be the case. But then again, you know, without uh, an administration, anything like, you know, President Trump's administration, um, Russia could very well try and take out the United States with China. But I don't see how that would be advantageous for Russia, because then they'd have to fight with China. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's just a thought. Um, let's see here. MacGyver, Biden is just create. Oh, yeah, we read that one. Sergeant Sparky, recent Chris Wallace and Mike Pompeo interview is worth a shot. I haven't seen that yet, Sergeant Sparky. I've seen the, the tile for it. Uh, Pompeo looks like he's lost some weight or he's dehydrated or something in, in the screenshot that I saw of that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Taliban is not armed well enough to cross borders and take on other nations, so saith MacGyver. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're armed well enough to do that. The question is, are they going to do that? And because, um, uh, again, like we're not we don't know this. This entire story has not developed enough to know whether or not this Taliban, this this contingent of Taliban people are going to be like the contingent that was there in 1996. We don't know. We don't know what they're going to do, because right now they're saying one thing and the mainstream media is telling us another thing. Like I'm telling you guys, I've read articles where they're saying that they are not going to do everything that the mainstream media is currently telling us that they are doing like killing and beheading and, and, you know, uh, murdering girls. Like Hannity just said, if you're a little girl, chances are you're gonna have to wear a hood and you're going to be raped and you're not going to college. Like really Hannity? Like, okay. I mean, that's not what the, Hey, it's president Trump. Let's get him on screen. Trump, Mr. President, thank you for being with us. Let me go back. I want to get, I've had a number of people tell me that there were very specific conditions and very specific warnings that you gave personally to the Taliban. Joe Biden is trying to blame you. I want first to give you an opportunity to respond to that, your assessment of what's going on. And what was that conversation to the extent you feel you're able to share it with us? Well, it's good to be with you, Sean, but it's a terrible time for our country. Uh, I don't think in all of the years our country has ever been so humiliated. I don't know, would you call it a military defeat or a psychological defeat? There's never been anything like what's happened here. It's, uh, you can go back to Jimmy Carter with the hostages. We all thought that was a great embarrassment and we were pulled out of that by Ronald Reagan. This is uh, many, many times worse and you're dealing with thousands and thousands of Americans and others that are stranded and very dangerously, really stranded in Afghanistan. So it's uh, it's something that you you can't even believe that a thing like this could. I looked at that big monster cargo plane yesterday with people grabbing the side and trying to get flown out of Afghanistan because of their fear, their incredible fear, and they're blowing off the plane from 2,000 feet up in the air. 
It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like that. That blows the helicopters in Vietnam away. That's not even a contest. This has been the most humiliating period of time I've ever seen. Yeah, we had a great deal. We worked on it very hard. Mike Pompeo, a brilliant guy, and many others worked on it endlessly. Uh, meetings with the Taliban. Of course, you have to meet with the Taliban. They're the ones that you're negotiating with. I spoke on numerous occasions to the head of the Taliban, and we had a very strong conversation. I told him up front, I said, look, before we start, let me just tell you right now that if anything bad happens to Americans or anybody else, or if you ever come over to our land, we will hit you with a force that no country has ever been hit with before, a force so great that you won't even believe it. And your village, and we know where it is, and I named it, uh, will be the first well, one. Mr. The first President, I want to interrupt. Dropped right there. You said this to who? Yeah. Who did you, you said to, to who? To Mullah Baradar, who is probably the top person. Now, nobody really knows who the top person is, but I would say that's probably the top person. And it seems to be, uh, that's the way it's rolling right now. But I had a very strong conversation. I also had a good conversation with him. We talked for a while after that. That was the primary point I was making. And he understood it. And I asked him, do you understand? He said, yes, I do understand. And I wanted them to get a deal done with uh, uh, the Afghan government. Now, I never had a lot of confidence, frankly, in Ghani. I said that openly and plainly. I thought he was a total crook. I thought he got away with murder. He spent all his time whining and dining uh, our senators. I mean, the senators were in his pocket. That was one of the problems that we had. But I never liked him. And I guess based on his escape with cash, I don't know, maybe that's a true story. I would suspect it is. All you have to do is look at his lifestyle, study his houses where he lives. He got away with murder in many, many different ways. But uh, I had a very, very strong talk with the Taliban, which I consider to be much more important in this sense because they were the problem. And they've been there for a long time, and they're good fighters, and they fight hard. And after I said that, we had a pretty good conversation. Now, I have to tell you that if you remember when they were coming to Washington to meet with me, they decided to kill an American soldier because they thought that was a good way to negotiate. And I canceled the trip. And we had a conditions-based agreement. And if you remember, it said May 1st, we want to get out because we have to get out. I've listened to people on your show and other shows say we should stay. They don't know. We, we were spending $42 billion a year. $42 billion. Think of it. $42 billion. I understand Russia spends $50 billion a year for their entire military. We were spending $42 billion, not 1%. They were saying 1%. That's a lot of nonsense. We're spending $42 billion a year on defending this for years and years. We've been there really now, not 20 years, but 21 and a half years. And we get nothing out of any of these things that we do, whether it's them or many other countries I could tell you about. I'm not going to insult anybody right now. But to spend that kind of money and then to have people get on shows and say how inexpensive it was. And I have to tell you also that we lost no soldiers in the last year and a half because of me and because of the understanding that we had. We lost no, think of that, in Chicago and in New York and in other cities in the United States, many people die every weekend. We lost no soldiers in Afghanistan. 
because they knew I wasn't going to put up with it. And that's what happened. So we had a very strong conversation. Let me ask you this, sir. Uh, you know, it's interesting to listen to Joe Biden blame you. Uh, I inherited this deal, he kept saying, but he also inherited secure borders and he also inherited energy independence. And he also inherited three vaccines and therapeutics like Regeneron. Uh, and we now see what, what, what's been unfolding. And he didn't have inflation at the time. I want to go back. This is I want to be very clear here because Secretary of State Pompeo on this program said exactly what you did that there wouldn't be an exit strategy that didn't include the current conditions on the ground. And I have multiple sources and you're confirming tonight that it sounds to me like you told the Taliban that if they violated any aspect of this agreement with territorial ambitions, we learned last week that 60% of the country was in their control. And you told them in no uncertain terms, it sounds to me like you would basically treat them like uh, you took care of the caliphate in Syria, ISIS. Well, we did. We got rid of the caliphate. Everyone said it was impossible, and I did it very quickly, and I let the generals make the decisions. The generals, the real generals, the ones that were over there doing the fighting, the ones that knew how to do it, because we have a lot of generals that shouldn't be generals right now, frankly, um, and I'm watching them all the time. But we have some great ones. We have great leaders in our military. We have the greatest military in the world. And we're giving it a very bad reputation to what's happening. Think of it. Uh, we took this horrible place. I mean, a place that just we shouldn't have been involved. It was a horrible decision going into the Middle East. And I know the Bush family will not be happy, but I believe it was the worst decision in the history of our country when we decided to go into the Middle East. It's turned out to be quicksand. We've destroyed the Middle East. Do you think it's better now than it was 20, 21 years ago? It's much worse. It was a horrible decision. It cost us trillions of dollars. And, and if you look at both sides, because I like to look at both sides, millions and millions of lives. And it's no different than it was. It's much worse because you have to rebuild it. It's been blown to pieces. The worst decision ever made was going, you can do a strike as retribution and it could be a big strike as retribution for the World Trade Center, etc. But to get stuck in there was like quicksand. So we did a terrible thing. But think of what's happening now. I've heard as many as 40,000 Americans and the Taliban, good fighters. I will tell you, they're good fighters. We have to give them credit for that. They've been fighting for a thousand years. That's what they do is they fight. The Taliban has circled the airport. And who knows if they're going to treat us right? You know, all of a sudden they'll say, well, Frankly, if they were smart, they'd really, and they are smart, and they are smart, they should let the Americans out. But we've had situations where you have two or three or four hostages. We could have 40,000 Americans, not to mention others, like people that helped us in Afghanistan. So we've never had a situation like this. We have 40,000 potential hostages, a minimum of 11,000, but it could be as many as 40. No, they when, have no idea how many. Nobody knows how many. But, they don't when, know anything. When Joe Biden told the country that he, he trusted that the Afghan military was so far superior and there were over 300,000 strong and they had an air force and we wouldn't see what happened in Saigon, he couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, but let me go back to the, the words you used to the Taliban leader, because we knew last week that 60 percent of the country had already been taken over by the Taliban. And there was no sense of urgency. To me, 
under your plan, if they had taken over 5%, not 60, like they had last, 5% that was not in your agreement, what would have happened to them? We would have hit them very hard. Again, the words are conditions, plural, conditions-based. It was a an agreement where actually we wanted to get out by May 1st, and they violated the agreement, so we didn't. It's a great agreement from a lot of different standpoints. And frankly, Biden didn't have to even go by that agreement. He could have done, look what he's done to the border. We had the greatest border, southern border, in the history of our country. We stopped drugs. We stopped human trafficking. We stopped people from coming in, prisoners from coming in. Now you'll have, I mean, you have the worst people in the world. They're emptying their jails into our country. This is like the southern border, but it's handled even worse. Nobody handled the southern border worse than him. We had the most secure border we've ever had. Now we have by far the worst border we've ever had. Well, Afghanistan is the exact same thing. To think of this, we have a military. It's holding it. You know, I got to reduce down to 2,500 soldiers, and they were doing a good job. It was fine. It was a smaller force. I took it down from close to 20 to 2,500, and we were fine. But we have the military there, and we take the military out before we took our civilians out, and before we took the interpreters and other, we want to try and help. But by the way, I'm America first, okay? The Americans come out first, but we're also going to help people that helped us, and we have to be very careful with the vetting because you have some rough people in there, but we're going to help those people. But can you imagine? Now, what we were going to do just very quickly is we were going to take the military out last, okay, last. The people were coming out, they were gonna come out, but the agreement was violated, so I held things back because we weren't gonna do anything, again, conditions-based. So well, they weren't we'll, we'll fulfilling their obligations and conditions. But here's just to finish. The people come out first, then I was gonna take all of the military equipment. We have billions and billions of dollars worth of new Black Hawk helicopters, brand new, that Russia now will be examining, and so will China, and so will everybody else to figure it, because it's the greatest in the world. We have brand new army tanks and all sorts of equipment, missiles. We have everything. I was going to take it out, because I knew they weren't going to fight. Just one thing, and I have to say, and this is different from everyone else, I said, why are they fighting? Why are these Afghan soldiers fighting against the Taliban? And I was told some very bad information by a lot of different people. The fact is they're among the highest paid soldiers in the world. They were doing it for a paycheck because once we stopped, once we left, they stopped fighting. So all of the people that talk about the bravery and everything, I say everybody's brave. But the fact is our country was paying the Afghan soldiers a fortune. So we were sort of bribing them to fight. And that's not what it's all about. It's a great thing that we're getting out, but nobody has ever handled a withdrawal worse than Joe Biden. This is the greatest embarrassment, I believe, in the history of our country. Mr. President, we don't know how many Americans are trapped behind enemy lines. We know that the Taliban have set up a perimeter around the airport. Um, I guess the question is, how do we get our people home now? What would you advise? What would you do if you were put into this situation right now and dropped in and you were to take over? What is the answer? Because we don't know where they are. Senator Tom Cotton literally said that people are being told to go to a website. Don't call anymore. Go to a website, he said. I, I'm like, 
please tell me we have a better plan than that. Joe's been on vacation. I just heard that apparently he landed back at, at the White House. Nice of him to return. And he only returned because he was getting terrible press. Okay, he didn't return for any other reason. And I don't even believe he's calling the shots. Look, what you need more than anything is a, is a president that's respected. You need a president that got rid of ISIS. We got 100% got rid of ISIS. We did a job, uh, al-Baghdadi. I won't even mention all of the things that we did. Nobody's ever done what we've done. We were respected all over the world. China was paying us billions and billions of dollars of tariffs. Companies were moving back into our country. And China respected us. And frankly, they respected me. But you look, Russia, I had the pipeline stopped, totally stopped. Biden comes in, he approves that pipeline, but he disapproves the Keystone XL pipeline. You need a president that's respected. I've never realized how important, frankly, and it's a horrible thing to say, how important a president, the head of this country is. I thought it would maybe run through bureaucracy. It doesn't. You need somebody up there that they're going to respect. So when they say, oh, he talked to the Taliban, you remember they were criticizing me. They criticized me when I talked to Kim Jong-un. Well, President Biden told me it's the single biggest problem we have. I said, have you ever called him? Have you ever talked to him? No, I haven't. He did try, but he was not. It was not receptive on the other side. But it was receptive with me. With me. Now, we were supposed to have a war and probably a very big nuclear war. I get along with him great, and I got along with him great. He doesn't like Biden much, I'll tell you that. But I got along with him great, and we had no problems. You remember that. It was We were virtually, remember the big button versus the little button and the whole thing. Let me just, we get along great. We had a very good relationship. We met, got no credit for that one, no problem. By the way, South Korea, I got them to pay billions of dollars, billions. We're protecting South Korea. They're very wealthy. They built the ships. They build the televisions. They build. They do everything. They're very rich. They were paying us nothing. I got them to pay billions and billions of dollars because we're protecting them from North Korea. And I had a very good relationship with President Moon and all of the people in South Korea. In fact, they they liked me and I liked them. But I said, why are we doing this for nothing? Japan, the same thing. So many. We're protecting the world. We can't do this. It's not. We're not supposed to be doing this. If you look at Russia, if you look at China, how many countries are they fighting for? One. You ask them. They're fighting for Russia. They're fighting for China. They're not fighting for 93 different countries all over the world. Most of them, no, ne I mean, nobody ever heard of them. So we had a very, very strong conversation with the mullah. And frankly, it it. Absolutely. You know, they would not have done what they've done right now. This is the greatest embarrassment and beyond embarrassment. This is something that it will affect our relationships for years to come and decades to come. I will say when China watches this, they're so happy and they're laughing at us. They're laughing. I extracted billions and billions of dollars out of China. Never happened. We never got 10 cents from China. Billions and billions. They were so happy to see a rigged election. They might have helped it along, actually, but they were so happy. But, Sean, I'll tell you what, this is the greatest embarrassment that I've ever seen. This is, and you know it better than you do, an incredible job in covering it, and I appreciate it. The whole country appreciates it. 
This is the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. There's never been, and let me tell you, we haven't stopped. This is not ending. Again, we have all of those thousands of Americans over there and others, and you're saying, how are they going to get? They have a Taliban ring around the airport. They said nobody else. Now, they're saying we'll negotiate, but I really, do you really think, I mean, their history is that they're very brutal and they don't like to negotiate. That's their history. And Biden put us in this position. He should have gotten the civilians out first. Then he should have taken the military equipment. We have billions of dollars of brand new, beautiful equipment. Take the equipment out and then take the soldiers out. And frankly, I said, take the soldiers out. But before you leave, blow up all the forts because we built these forts that are being now used by the enemy. It's they not even believable. You know, it's interesting because I'm watching both Russia and China race in and they want to recognize the Islamic uh, emirates of Afghanistan almost immediately. You know, it's funny. I mentioned to you that I had numerous sources that said that I apparently a lot of people are on your phone calls. I know everyone wanted to release the Ukraine call. They said what we really need to do is release the calls between President Trump and the head of the Taliban. And maybe while we're at it, we can release some of the calls with President Trump and President Xi, because America might be shocked uh, to hear um, how strong you were and forceful you were in, in a lot of these conversations, which leads me to a question about what's going on with China and Russia. They're both arming Iran, putting that aside. But China in particular threatened our military bases, Japan's military bases. They lectured our country in front of our Secretary of State, not Mike Pompeo, Blinken, in Anchorage about human rights of all things after COVID. Um, And then the communist Chinese are saying we need to beg for permission to land in Taiwan. And their propaganda newspaper is suggesting that America won't lift a finger to help our ally Taiwan if, in fact, they have reunification, which we both means they want to take over Taiwan. And I'm not sure. I don't dis. I disagree with that assessment. I don't believe Joe Biden would lift a finger to help Taiwan. Your thoughts on the new aggressive nature of China? Well, I had a great relationship with President Xi, a really great relationship. We got along great until COVID, even though I taxed the hell out of him through the tariffs. uh, They weren't happy. But I had a very good relationship. And we met at Mar-a-Lago. And I told him very strongly, do not do anything having to do with Taiwan. Just don't do it. And I said it much stronger than that. I'm not going to say exactly how, but it was said very strongly. This wasn't a call. This was sitting at a in a sofa at Mar-a-Lago, a meeting that was supposed to last 15 minutes before we went on to various other things within, you know, with our different people. But it lasted for hours. We got along great. The first half hour, I said, do not do anything having to do with Taiwan. I know you want to. Do not do it. Anyway, then the election gets rigged and we end up with a different president. And what happens There are bombers now last week, 28 bombers flying over Taiwan. And this happened a week after the election. They were all of a sudden, I think bad things are going to happen with respect to Taiwan because they don't respect our leadership and they no longer respect our country. And that's a really bad thing. China does not respect us any longer. And they had more respect for us just seven months ago than they ever had 
for this country. Let me ask you about the border was one of your big issues, sir. You had put in place the stay of Mexico policy. You built over 500 miles of border wall. You ended catch and release. Okay, well, now the stay of Mexico policy is gone. The wall construction has ended and it's no longer catch and release. It's process and release in the middle of a pandemic. You've seen the cages that are overcrowded with all of these illegal immigrants, a high rate of COVID positivity. There's no vaccine mass, uh, uh, mandates, vaccine passports, mask mandates for illegal immigrants that many states are putting and burdening American people with. And those people are then being dispersed all over the country. Um, wow, a big change that seven months can make, and now it's gonna be millions of people. What was your reaction? What is your reaction? I've never seen anything like what was happening and what is happening now at our southern border. All he had to do is nothing. We had the greatest remain in Mexico. People weren't even allowed into our country. And we won that in the courts. We, it was very tough. Uh, the wall was almost completed. It, would have been, it could have been built in another month. They delayed me two and a half years when Congress, the Democrats in Congress sued me. We never had a border anything, anywhere like it. And then almost immediately, they ended these policies, catch and release. You catch them and release them into our country instead of catching them and bringing them back to their country. And many of these people are stone cold and very hard convicts and prisoners. They're very tough. I mean, literally, as I said, they are emptying their jails and not just the three countries, not just Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador. Many countries are coming in and they're emptying out their prisons and letting them come into our country. And they're walking in in caravans and other ways. What's happening? So I never saw anything so stupid in my life until the last few days with Afghanistan. That blows the stupidity of the southern border away. What happened and what is happening in Afghanistan is unbelievable. And we're being set up by very tough people that are very great negotiators. I'll tell you what, they're great automatically great negotiators. They've been fighting for a thousand years and everything about them they negotiate. We're being set up. They have all of those people. And in a certain way, I guarantee you, they consider them to be hostages. And let's see what happens over the coming weeks. But this is not a story that just ended today or yesterday. This is a story that's gonna go on for a long time. And it could be a very, very bad ending. We have Americans caught behind enemy lines right now, and we were told this could never happen, and it happened. Um, let me ask you about energy. One of the reasons I had for many years been an advocate of energy independence, because what happens in the Straits of Hormuz and in the Middle East are not really that important. Uh, you accomplished something in your administration. I don't think you got a lot of credit for it, but you made America energy independent for the first time in 75 years. Um, and and that we, I don't think in the last months of your administration, you imported a single barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia, for example, Zero. not one. And now we just had in the last two weeks, Joe Biden begging OPEC to increase production uh, because it still is the lifeblood of the world's economy. Uh, my question is, with gas up $1.30 a gallon, it's, it, this is now a new tax on the American people. That means the cost of delivering every every single product in every grocery store, drugstore, every Homes Depot and Lowe's is costing Americans more. And inflation on top of it at 5.4 percent, you know, a 15 year high. Your reaction 
to that aspect of the economy alone. So energy independence was one of my greatest achievements, I thought. I think the vaccine, energy independence, what we did on the border, uh, frankly, uh, Afghanistan would have been great. We would have been out and we would have been out with dignity and with pride and it would have worked out great. None of this stuff going, there's no, again, it's not the concept of leaving. It's the way they withdrew. It was not even possible to believe. But gasoline, as you know, was $1.87 when I was leaving office. And now it's going to be up to over $5 very soon. And they're talking to OPEC. I know the OPEC people very well. You talk about negotiators. They're killing us. And what you didn't say is that Biden failed with OPEC. They told him no on the cutbacks. They failed with OPEC. To think that we're back to negotiating with OPEC, that's how we got into the Middle East years ago, because we needed we needed the energy and we went into the Middle East and would protect countries because we needed the energy. We didn't have to do that anymore. We were energy independent. And now those wells are shut down and those jobs are gone. And Keystone is and its numbers, 48,000 jobs, not 8,000 jobs. Those people and they lied in the campaign because Biden never talked about closing up Keystone. He said, oh, well, we'll look at it. We'll look at it. They were lying because it was almost the first day that they closed up Keystone. And those workers are devastated. And the head of the union, they all support me, but the head of the union supported Biden and they ought to throw him the hell out because he was worthless, because look what happened. But they lied about so many things. They lied about energy. They lied about Keystone. They lied about the military. They lied about so much. Our country is in such trouble, such Mr. trouble. Mr. President, we, we, you touched on Russia. I want to go back to it because we saw these these massive cyber attacks uh, in, in their energy grid and, and also our food line, especially with our meats in this country. And then we also witnessed, and you referenced it earlier in the interview, the waiver that you prevented Vladimir Putin from getting, which allowed him to build the pipeline that is literally the lifeblood of the economy of our allies in Western Europe, while simultaneously cutting out the Keystone XL pipeline, high paying career jobs for Americans. And I, I've got to ask, um, because if it was you or uh, your sons, and let's see, what do they have in common? Russia, Hunter Biden got a lot of money. China, they didn't do a deal with Goldman Sachs. They didn't do a deal with Deutsche Bank. They did a deal with Hunter Biden, a billion five with the Bank of China. Um, and and again, the, the Joe Biden has said nothing to threats against our military or, quote, reunification threats with Taiwan. Or you must get permission to land an airplane in Taiwan, which I never thought would happen or get lectured on human rights. My question then is, if the last name was Trump and your sons were making money in China, Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine. Uh, if your sons uh, lied on a gun application and threw that gun in uh, a, a garbage basket or waste basket, if your sons were on video with smoking crack and with hookers, uh, would the question not logically become, do you believe these countries have compromising materials, potentially, the very thing, you know, remember Adam Schiff compromising materials uh, on Trump uh, when they didn't have it and he was being scammed, do you see any potential for compromise here? Because it doesn't make sense to me to give Putin a waiver. So this story, the tape, the new tape that just came out two days ago, 
has not been on any mainstream media at all. It was on your show and a couple of shows, but no mainstream. It wasn't on NBC or CBS or ABC. It wasn't on CNN. It wasn't on any. It's Hunter Biden. It's the worst thing I've seen. You can't even imagine this. And look, I hope families live well. But what they're doing is they're doing political persecutions with their prosecutors, whether they're local or federal. And our people didn't do that. The Republicans don't do it to anywhere. I mean, they just it's like a different world. They use prosecutors for persecution and it's happening. And our country is angry about it and they see it. But what's going on with Hunter and China and Russia and all of that. I mean, they go after people for much for tiny little things. And and here's somebody that took vast amounts of money out of China and out of Ukraine and out of Russia. Three and a half million dollars from the mayor's wife and Chris Wallace wouldn't let me talk about that during a debate. He wouldn't even let me bring it up. Well, that has nothing to do. I said it has a lot to do with it. But it's a very sad period of time for our country. Everything's going bad. We have inflation. The economy's going to go to hell. We have inflation like we haven't seen in a long time. I think it's much worse if you look just at energy. And when energy goes up, everything goes up because it's all about energy. Everything goes up. But you look at the price of food where it's being doubled and tripled in some cases. We're going to have inflation that's good. And I remember with Jimmy Carter. And the good thing is for Jimmy is that Jimmy's looking like a much better president right now because you compare, you always have to have comparisons. But I remember with Jimmy Carter with a big inflation, the prime rate went to 21%, 21%, and the country came to a halt, worse than a halt. Well, I'll tell you, we have a, we better get on, we better get our act together. That's all I can say. You look at what's going on with our economy and with inflation and so many other things. Anwar, in Alaska, biggest drilling site in the world. I got it open. Ronald Reagan couldn't do it. Nobody could do it for 67. And they've been trying for 60, 70 years. I got it done and it was just terminated. The biggest site in the world, bigger than probably bigger than Saudi Arabia in terms of oil. I got it done and they just terminated it. And the people of Alaska are very upset. Okay. They are very upset with their Senator Murkowski and, and others. But here's the greatest thing, and, and they ended. So we had energy independence, and now we don't. Instead of begging OPEC, uh, Governor Abbott, and we'll pray for him tonight. I know that it was, he announced that he had COVID today, a break, another breakthrough case. Um, I want, oh, instead of begging OPEC, why don't we just go back to doing what was working for you? Instead of allowing millions of people into this country, with a high rate of COVID positivity in the middle of pandemic and then dispersing them all around the country. Why don't we go back to the stay in Mexico policy, the border wall building and uh, end process and release and protect our borders. I mean, they, they seem to be things that can be simply resolved. Yeah. Well, nothing simple. You know, the things we won on the border were won through courts. It took a long time. And then all of a sudden they gave them up. We had to make deals with Mexico. The president of Mexico is a great guy. We're very friendly and we did a deal. I had 28,000 soldiers paid for by Mexico, his soldiers on the border, not letting people in. And we didn't pay anything. I promised not to tear off his cars during this period, but that's okay, whatever it takes. But we didn't have people coming in during the construction of the wall. And the wall worked. I mean, it's, you know, it was, we built almost 500 miles. 
They could finish it in a month. Now they're paying billions of dollars not to finish the wall. It's not even believable. And the contractors that haven't <coughs> been, I mean, they're, they're just having a field day. But when you look at all of this stupidity, I don't think our country can take it. And I don't think our people can take it either. Let me ask you, you know, the American people now watching, you know, what will be a 25 to 30 year record of illegal immigrants coming into the country when you had set a 25 year low of illegal immigrants coming into the country. America, the American people now, many are angry about mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. But none of these restrictions are being applied to people that are not respecting our laws, our borders and our sovereignty. How do you explain that? And do you support the, the restrictions on Americans, but not illegal immigrants? Yeah. First of all, on the border, it's not 25 years. It's the worst in history. It's not the worst in 25 years. We've never had a situation where massive caravans of people are pouring into our country. So it's the worst ever. As far as the vaccine, I'm very proud of it. I push the FDA like they've never been pushed. They don't like me too much. I'm not so sure I like them. Very bureaucratic. But I got them to approve a great vaccine, three of them. In a period of less than nine months, I was told by Fauci and everybody else it would take three to five years and probably five, and it probably won't even happen. And I got it done in less than nine months. So I consider it a great achievement. I actually think that if we didn't get it done worldwide, you would have another Spanish flu, which killed almost 100 million people, according to history, Mr. President. 50 to 100. They don't even know. But uh, I would I would love people to take the vaccine. In the meantime, Wear your mask if you want, but again, you want your freedoms. You have to have your freedoms. Let me, let me, I know the obvious question as we had with the last minute of the program available is, will you, are you considering a run again in 2024? I'll let you answer it any way you want, but I'll go back to our original question. Now that we have all these Americans behind enemy lines, do you have in the 45 seconds we have left, what what would you do now to help that, with that specific situation? So because the campaign finance laws are extremely complicated and unbelievably stupid, I'm actually not allowed to answer that question. Can you believe it? I'd <laughs> love to answer it. But let me put it this way. I think you'll be happy. And I think a lot of our friends will be very happy. But I'm not actually allowed to answer it. It makes it very difficult if I do. So... People, you're going to be happy because I love this country and I hate to see what's happening. Would you be willing to get on the phone with the people that you gave very harsh words to and talk to them on behalf of Americans that are behind enemy lines tonight? We have 15 seconds. Well, I would. But, you know, they're not into words. They're into strength. And the strength is the president because he controls you know, I rebuilt the military. We had an obsolete yeah. military. We had old jets. We had 45-year-old jets. We Mr. rebuilt President. this military and created Space Force. But the answer is I'd like to help. But you have to do it through the strength of the president's office. And Biden Mr. has President. dissipated that strength. We are no longer respected. We're out of time, sir. Thank you for your time. We'll have you back soon. We appreciate you being with us. Laura is going to have a great show next. Don't miss it. Straight ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Laura Ingram, and this is the Ingram Angle. From Sorry, Washington we're not going to hear your angle tonight, sweetie. Over. There we go. Oh, man, what an interview was that? What an interview. Okay, so whew, a lot of things were said. Um, I was following you guys in chat as well. I mean, man, 
Uh, first of all, how's it going, Christina Fontana? Uh, I apologize, but uh, a man bun is not respectable. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so yeah, a lot of words said there, and then of course veering off into some other uh, topics at the end of that. Uh, most of all, uh, his speech, his uh, his speaks on um, on what's going on in Afghanistan. I mean, we've been saying it here, right, guys? Like, okay, so you know, we don't know exactly where these guys are going to be. All used he used strength and and tough words in order to get them into this deal. Um, they He did confirm also, uh, of course, about this ring around the airport over there in Afghanistan. But man, it was really good to see President Trump. Uh, you could tell he was uh, you could tell he was agitated. You could tell he's been poked. Right. Uh, so that was a really good interview, guys. I mean, that was pretty candid, I would say, if I do say so myself. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad you guys, uh, you guys were here to enjoy that with me and, and the rest of the friends. We love our president. Deplore Laura, thanks for joining us over there on Twitch. Um, and yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. And yes, the Vax passed that. Pass over that, guys. That's politics. Um, but um, yeah, let me see what you guys were uh, cooking up in the chat. And uh, thanks for those who continue to drop gold pills throughout. One, two, three, SKG. Uh, oh boy, yeah, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Uh, yeah, twice. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, wait, no, it went back down. My bad. My bad. Let's see, what do we got? Uh, there's another one. Sly Park 2020, welcome and thank you. Oh, and the rest have gone off the screen. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty powerful. Um, I don't know, you guys, we will see what happens out of this. Uh, we've already, we've already gone into, you know, a, a big, uh, a big portion of speculation about what could happen from this point forward, you know, um, and, uh, uh, and what it, it would be doing essentially. Um, and I liked how he was asking him what he, what he would do if he were president, you know, but again, like, uh, like he said in his talks with the Taliban and coming up with these agreements, cause my questions were, why would he, you know, uh, engage these individuals in that manner? Why would he make a deal with them, so to speak? But did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said about the Afghan government and about the president and about the military over there? Okay, because don't forget, illegitimate Joe said that the military lost the uh, will to fight and Trump just totally maligned that for us it's a good thing but for biden not so good why is that because apparently the united states government tax dollars were paying the afghan military to fight the taliban what's up with that okay what is up with that why would we be paying the afghani government and don't forget i've been saying this since yesterday the Afghani government was a Western-backed globalist government with the president who worked for the United Nations and the World Bank. And then what does President Trump say? He says that the, the president, Ghani, was out there cavorting with senators and spending money and was just not a good guy. Okay, why do you think that is? Could it be because he has ties to the globalists and the World Bank? You know, like, let me pull up my notes here. Let me make sure I'm giving it to you straight, guys. Uh, let's see here. Uh, President Ashraf Ghani, uh, he returns to Afghanistan after 24 years in the year 2001 
and he left his posts. Uh, he left his post at the United Nations and the World Bank to join the new Afghan government as the chief advisor to President Hamid Karzai, and then he eventually became the president of Afghanistan. This guy who took off in a helicopter with cars full of money. Okay, so you guys are. This is this is something that we're saying. So so there you have to. Then you have to go ahead and ask yourself. You know, President Trump is coming into agreement, the Dohan agreement, the Dohan agreement, remember, between the Taliban and the Western backed globalist Afghanistan government that we installed in 2001. Okay. All right. So clearly, President, I mean, my guess is President Trump is like, I got two evils here. I got fire starters, the Taliban, and I got world destroyers and debt slavers, the globalists, on one hand. Right. So he was going to get. Uh, the Taliban, the fire starters, the muckrakers, the guys who've been used uh, throughout this entire, this entire, their entire existence, again, funded by the CIA in the 1970s, uh, shoot off of the Mujahideen, put into power by Pakistan in the 90s, betrayed by the United States and Pakistan in 2000, the Taliban, this is them, right? So you got the fire starters, the muckrakers, the Taliban, and then you got the you got the globalist, world enslaving, genocidal uh, um, Afghani government globalists. Who do you think Trump's going to side with here? Okay, so like I said, we're not painting the Taliban as a good a good guys, but he was going to keep them in check. So now it is very very plausible to say, you know, would they indeed stay in check if President Trump were still in office? Based on what President Trump shared in this interview, I would say yes, because he told him, if you so much as, you know, bat an eyelash at America or American soldiers, we will drop bombs on your little hometown in the mountains. And like he said, we told him the name of it and they knew he, he knew what he was talking about. Okay. So, I mean, I guess that kind of clears up everything that we've been talking about here the last two days with Afghanistan. Thank you, President Trump. For clarifying what I was saying, uh, but like I said, you know, like I said, uh, it, it's just it's just a view through history, guys. So calm down. All right. Okay. So now uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's take a look real quick at some of the articles. I, oh, actually, guys. I mean, first things first, right? What am I forgetting? President Trump leads at the Sea Report. Hello, we're just starting our show. No, don't don't worry, guys. We don't. We have we have a couple stories. We're just going to go over some of the uh, some of the words of the Taliban themselves, right? Because we have uh, we have uh, Sean Hannity saying, if you're a girl, you're going to get raped, and you're not going to get to go to school. We have everyone saying that right now. Okay, but the Taliban have released statements. I guess they have PR firms also, right? Go figure. Uh, Burka Burka has got uh, PR firms um, that, you know, they're not going to do that. Now, to most of everyone's point, and including to President Trump, you know, like, can we trust them? We don't know. They say one thing, but it could go another way. Well, you know what? Um, like I said, the regime of the Taliban that was uh, under Sharia law in the 90s is not the same as they are today. Uh, uh, granted, President Trump is not in office, uh, optically speaking, to prevent them from acting. And clearly, you know, Joe Biden would just bend over for them uh, or he never mind. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to get that crass anyways. OK, so. Um, so in that in that manner of speaking, uh, the Taliban have released a bunch of statements and. We'll go through those in a sec and we'll see if they're true. Um, you know, the only statement I have from President Trump for today is just in regards to what he talked about on uh, 
on the interview here. Uh, what took place yesterday in Afghanistan made our withdrawal from Vietnam look like child's play. Perhaps in world history, there has never been a withdrawal operation that has been handled so disastrously. A president who has been illegitimately elected has brought great shame in many ways to our country. And I have to say, I do thoroughly enjoy that throughout this entire process with Afghanistan and even with COVID, everything, President Trump never fails to insert the illegitimacy of the Biden regime into his statements. I love that he is just on the ball with that. Um, but anyways, okay, so, all right, that was the only statement we had. I think that, uh, you know, that puts a cherry on top of that interview that we just saw. Great, great, great information, guys, um, and coming out of that. And again, hey, hey, Sly Park, thank you for the shades. I appreciate that. And I think I saw another one there. WC, what's up, brother? Uh, thank you for 1776, my friend. Thank you for 1776. And also 123SKG for the can. Um, okay, so let's take a look real quick. Okay, we already talked about Afghanistan at the onset. We talked about what I was going to say about Afghanistan. We talked about at the beginning before the interview. So let's go ahead and move past the screen. Let's go and put these uh, these clowns on. Oh, wait. That's Ghani, guys. That's the president. That's the, the globalist-backed, Western-backed president that just fled with, you know, pails of money, right? A helicopter and cars full of money. This guy who worked for the United Nations and he worked for the World Bank, all right? This guy that was taking money from the United States of America to pay his soldiers to fight the Taliban. What's up with that, Ghani? What's up with that? Okay. Anyways, okay, so that's the man right there. That's what I'm saying, guys. Big picture, right? Taliban, bad. World, Western-backed, World Bank, uh, globalist leaders that we instilled in Afghanistan ourselves. You know, the, uh, the greater of two evils, I guess you could say. I don't know. All right. At the end of the day, the Taliban have been played from day one since the 70s, right? Since the 70s. All right. Let's move off of that point. Okay. There's the, now this is the current Taliban administration. These are the guys that President Trump was doing uh, uh, peace talks with between them and the Afghani government that is Western backed globalist, uh, you know, people. Uh, so these are, this is them. All right. These are not the same people that were there in 1990. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of them are, but the leader, the guy in the center is not the same guy that was in charge of the Sharia law, Taliban, Afghanistan in the nineties. Not the same guy. This guy is considered their spiritual leader. Okay. So, and I don't know if that's the same guy as president Trump named, but uh, for the sake of optics, this is the guy that they have professed to be the leader of the current Taliban. Now, Everyone's saying that they're going around shooting and raping and killing and putting hijabs and burqas on women and, and you know, uh, forcing them into the basement and stuff like that. So, as I said at the onset of this, there are a couple of, uh, there are a couple of points during the Dohan agreement that Trump set up over there that it appears, at least according to their PR firm or their, their publicist, that the current Taliban regime is going to uh, honor even though there is no more Dohan agreement, right? Go figure. Like, I don't know. Why would they do this? I mean, who knows, right? What are the Taliban thinking, right? Okay, so anyways, uh, first of all, uh, to the point of the Fox News, uh, um, Fox News uh, people who are like uh, freaking out over there, like Hannity, um, the Taliban did give the United States a warning that they needed to remove all their troops by September 11th. So yes, we're apparently there's a there's a, a perimeter being set up around this airport, right, by these Taliban individuals. 
But at the same time, they released this, they released in a statement that they were giving the United States until September 11th. What did they say on Hannity? What did the people on Fox News say? All of what? They're like, why isn't Biden taking two weeks to evacuate 40,000 people? Why is he saying that now we're not going to do it? Right. That's what that's what that's what has been said. Right. And to September 11th, that's like two to three weeks. Now, the Taliban here has agreed to allow it to happen. Um, and uh, but apparently we're not going to do it either way. OK, I wonder. I don't I couldn't speculate as to why that's the case. Uh, maybe they're like, no, because the Taliban's liar, liar, pants on fire. Right. You know. So that very well could be the case. Now, uh, a member of the Taliban's political office by the name of Suhail Shaheen told Sky News on Tuesday, we are committed not to attack them. That's what they said. Okay, but he stressed that they have to leave by September 11th. And it, it also stated in this article that it was not clear what would happen if American forces remained in Afghanistan. OK, so again, this is what the current Taliban is saying, which is what is not being reported on the news. OK, um, and really, at the, I'm just giving you this information. And you know what? We'll find out together if the Taliban, in fact, live up to that statement or if they don't. And, and, you know, if they don't, and in the news, it's reported that they're beheading people and Americans and troops left and right. Hopefully that's accurate news and it's not fake news propaganda. Like guys, we're being hit on multiple fronts with, with speculation here because of the fact that we cannot trust and depend on any kind of news that comes out on any kind of major network. So we're kind of guessing here, but I'm hoping that I have at least some sort of a, a an educated Yes, based on the things that I've researched and what they're saying. Um, anyways, okay. So, anyways, uh, as as uh, that's what they were saying. Another spokesperson for the Taliban, by the name of Zabuhala Mujahid, said the Taliban would not seek retribution against former soldiers and members of the Western-backed government. Adding, the movement was granting amnesty for former Afghan government soldiers, as well as contractors and translators who worked for international forces. This is what the current Taliban is saying. Now, again, do I put my full trust in these guys? Obviously not. I'm the kind of person that likes to take people out 100%, and I hope that they stay there, because if they don't stay there, that's on them, and then I just don't trust them anymore, right? But this is what they have said. Okay, that's one of the that's one thing that uh, that I like. Again, they're not reporting this. Hannity didn't say this, right? He didn't say that. You know, all the, all that I heard people say is why isn't Biden taking two or three weeks to get them out of there? Because he clearly has until September 11th, and uh, that was their deadline. And according to this Taliban group, that is what they were going to honor. Okay, go figure. Okay, uh, the next uh, the next point that this Taliban terrorist group has said. And this is a point that was included in the Dohan agreement with President Trump. This is one of the points. Uh, the Taliban's, uh, again, the same guys, Abula Mujahid, claimed in a press conference that no groups will be allowed to use Afghanistan's territory to launch attacks against any nation. Okay, so this is why uh, we went in in 2001 because apparently the 1996 group of Taliban were allowing Al Qaeda to, as a base of operations, and they were housing uh, they were housing o uh, Osama bin Laden. 
Again, that's what we know because that's what we've been told. All right. Uh, like I said, I thought Osama, I thought, you know, Tim was over there on the dialysis machine in Virginia or something back in 1996. I don't know. Okay. But apparently that's what happened. And that's why we went there and we invaded. And again, the 1996 Taliban was the Sharia law Taliban. Okay. And that's not the same as this one, but at the same time, at least the leader's not the same at the same time. During the Dohan agreement with President Trump and the Taliban, he specified you cannot allow any group to come into your country and use it as a base of operations. You cannot house terrorists. So this Zabula Mujahid spokesperson for the Taliban has said that is something that they are going to honor for their land. This is what he went on to say. He said, we don't want any internal or external enemies. Um, uh, he said, uh, and it's, uh, what is this article? It says, during the 1990s, when the group ruled the country, it harbored terrorist networks. So, right, that's what they're not going to do. Uh, Mujahid went on to say, I would like to ensure, I would like to assure the international community, including the United States, that nobody will be harmed. In Afghanistan, I would like to assure our neighbors, our original countries, we are not going to allow our territory to be used against anybody or any country in the world. So the whole global community should be assured that we are committed to these pleasures that will not be, uh, yeah, that you will not be harmed. Um, that assurance that the Taliban won't attack other countries was part of the 2020 peace deal brokered by the Trump administration. Okay, so I don't know. Do you think this guy's like, Durka, Durka, I'm your friend and going to stab you in the back? I don't know. We'll find out. But I'm telling you guys here the things that the news is not telling us, okay? Because this was, and this is from the Epoch Times, guys. Like, So anyways, so that's what this Mujahid spokesperson has said. That's another uh, point uh, moving forward. Here's the next point that they had said. Uh, they announced that there will be amnesty so that women can go to work and go to universities. Now, Hannity said tonight, if you're a little girl over there, you're going to get raped and you're not going to college, right? You know, he just went over there fear porn, 100%, right? Okay, well, this is what they have said. This is what uh, the Taliban, who's currently uh, taking over Afghanistan, has said. The Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, with full dignity and honesty, has announced a complete amnesty for all Afghanistan, especially those who were with the opposition or supported the occupiers, the Western-backed, globalist-backed uh, Afghan uh, um, uh, uh, a government that just flew, flew out of there, right? They flew the coup <laughs> um, for years and recently. Um, now, this comes from a man by the name of uh, Inamula Samangani, and he is a member of Taliban's Cultural Commission. Who would have guessed, right? They have a cultural commission. Um, and stated on the Afghan they stated this on Afghanistan state television. Uh, the Taliban called their new regime the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, a name they previously used when they controlled the country between 96 and 2001. The statement was greeted with skepticism amid reports of revenge killings and other brutal tactics in areas that the group seized in recent days. So I don't know, guys. We'll find out. Um, but that's coming from this article now. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the man, Semangani, went on to say the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan does not want the women to be the victims anymore. The Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan is ready to provide women with an environment to work and study and the presence of women in different government structures according to Islamic law and in accordance with our cultural values. 
Um, so, uh, and uh, this Suhail Shaheen, um, who we mentioned in the first story, um, he said that it was now Afghanistan's policy that women will attend schools and have jobs. So, I mean, are they are they just painting a pretty picture and they're going to go durka durka on us? I don't know. But, you know, we're just presenting this information to you guys and we'll see what happens. You guys are going to learn with me. We're going to learn together about because we're again, guys, another moment in history unfolds in our lifetime uh, there have been so many of these moments, uh, more moments in the last 10 years than there have been any at any point in our in our history and definitely at any point that I can recall in my lifetime. Um, Shaheen went on to say, we will be committed to the women's rights to education and also to work to freedom of speech in the light of our Islamic rules. Now, they did not specify what these Islamic rules were, to be quite honest with you. But that's what they said. They went on to say, we believe in freedom of speech and also the right of people to education and work. And also that all people, all citizens should be equal in the sight of law. And there should not be any kind of discrimination. This is some of the general principles that we believe. And also the world believes in that. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I don't know, guys. I don't know what you got to say about that, but that is what they said. That those so saith the current Taliban uh, administration regime. I don't know, guys. <laughs> you tell me. Let me see what you guys are talking about in the chat room. Nancy Pelosi, what? No, just kidding. Yeah, no, guys. We'll figure this out together. I'm sure we're we're all watching the same movie here. Uh, it's just uh, we got we give you we give you uh, we give you some scenes we give you some behind the scenes and some uh, some reels that made the cutting room floor here at the Sea Report. You might not hear this information in other places, but uh, I'll do the best that I can. So you know, like I said, uh, is this is this Taliban government? You know uh, who they say they are, what they appear to be. I cannot tell you for a fact. I'm just presenting all of the information that I could find in regards to. Uh, in regards to this uh, this entire debacle that is unfolding right now in the Middle East, uh, appealed by the rabbit says that sounds like Iran before the religious fanatic takeover. It could happen. Yeah, you know I don't know much about the uh, the religious fanatic takeover over there in Iran, uh, and I don't know what decade you're talking about either. Pilled by the rabbit, uh, but yeah. That's uh, that's some interesting information, guys. Nat Handy, thank you for the phone. Another great show, Mr. C. You're welcome. You're most welcome. And thank you. Thank you for your support and for the kind words. Um, okay, so let's go ahead. Okay, I'm going to do... Okay, we're going to get off of Afghanistan now, guys. Okay, Afghanistan was on the mind. <laughs> okay, so we'll get off of that for now. And and to any of you who are tuned in today, I mean, I would say catch yesterday's replay if you didn't. We We talked about Afghanistan at length yesterday. We went over some of the history. If you missed any of the, if you missed the, anything before the uh, Trump Hannity interview, go back and check that out. Um, we're not about fear porn or anything here, but you know, at the same time, and, and like I said, we're not putting the Taliban on a pedestal either. I mean, obviously, but it is important that we know the roles that all of these people played. And I'm just trying to share it to you to the best of what I understand based on the research that I've done, because, um, you know, it's a mess out there in the Middle East and um, just trying to wrap my head around a lot of the things that are happening, especially since we're doing international news. And, you know, like, 
one of my listeners was like, well, you already did your international news episode for the week. I was like, not really. This is very much pertaining to America. Uh, so we'll still do some international news on, uh, on Friday and we'll try and steer clear of Afghanistan unless there's some bigger development coming out of there. But anyways, okay. Thank you for the ship, Ohio Kimmy. I much appreciate that. You, you, you are awesome, girl. Muchas gracias, mi amiga. Okay, all right. So let's move on to another story for today. Uh, we only got, I think, about two more stories. Uh, let's talk about... the. Okay, we're getting back into the audits, guys, because uh, distractions, right, from the Middle East, distractions from the Afghanistanis. Okay, so who's this fool? You guys probably know him, and you probably despise... You, you know him, and you loathe him. Uh, no, this is... Oh, wait, that wasn't even the next one. Okay, well, it's okay. We're moving on, guys. Um... Yeah, we're moving on. Okay, so real quick, this guy here, you might remember his name is Ralph Jones. He was the uh, the head of the election committee there in Atlanta at at the uh, at the State Farm Arena. This is the guy that was working with uh, who are the other fools that we had in this story? Ralph Jones. Uh, you guys remember her? We watched this whole video about her talking about ooh, she loves her hair and ooh, the everything. Okay, this is uh, this is uh, Ruby Freeman, right? Ralph Jones, Ruby Freeman. Here's the other one. This is uh, Wandrea Moss, right? Wandrea Moss. Yeah, Wandrea Moss. Okay, so Wandrea Moss. Well, yeah, we're talking about the elections now, guys. Now this has to do with Atlanta. There's been a new development. And then, of course, Happy Faces, Happy Faces, which is the temp agency that uh, that supplies workers to every agency in the state of Georgia and is owned by Stacey Abrams and who was also on the ground at the State Farm Arena during the election counting night. Right. OK, so Happy Faces. All right. So uh, the reason why I showed you all these guys here is because there they are again. Uh, the reason why I showed you all of these guys, Wandrea, Ralph, Shay, and Happy Faces, is because a new development has come out of Georgia, okay? And uh, if you guys may remember, they were trying to depose uh, to get uh, these, at least Wandrea and Shay. They're trying to get them in to do a deposition um, for trial, and then their attorney got involved, and it, it put everything into lock. Okay, well... Now, all three of these plus happy faces will now be deposed. So that's a good thing, guys. Like, they are going to be taken in for questioning. They're going to have to make a statement. Um, and uh, that's going to only affect, uh, guys, I'm telling you, we will get an audit in Georgia, but they should just decertify based on all the evidence that we've already seen. So uh, that's a good thing. They've been added to the case that is happening over there in Georgia. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, we will see uh, for a fact that uh, uh, they, they're going to have to, they're going to they're be under oath, guys. They're going to have to give, they're going to be questioned. They're going to be like, why were you on camera pulling bins out of that table in the State Farm Arena? Why were you on camera quadruple and quintuple stuffing, uh, you know, ballot counting machines with the same ballots? And why do you have such, Never mind. I was going to say something mean about the hair, but then I might sound racist. So forget about it. Okay. So anyway, so that's a story that I'd like to share with you also. Now, also Ralph Jones, he is also resigned. He resigned from his position as Fulton, uh, the, uh, uh, his election position in Fulton County. Uh, according to 11 Alive, Jones was one of the county officials on site at State Farm Arena on election night as the counting of ballots continued past midnight. Those hours became a fixation of the Trump campaign's efforts to discredit Fulton County's handling of the election 
In this position, Jones became a target of the former president's supporters who sought to prove an election night conspiracy at the arena. Isn't it funny how the uh, the local mainstream news reports that like with full of bias, like it's almost like Jones is innocent. Right. Uh, but again, he's stepping down. Right. He is stepping down. He is resigning uh, because uh, dude knows he's in trouble. OK, dude knows he's in trouble. And uh, that's the long and short of that. So that's a new development out of Georgia, which is good because at least maybe they'll start getting some of this litigation going and flowing because it needs to. Uh, they've been uh, they've been caught up in in uh, bureaucracy and red tape for long enough, and I think it's about time. So, anyways, that was just a real quick side story. Uh, now here's the next fun one. Who this? Oh, we're not going to watch that tonight. Uh, that was just about Raffensperger. Oh, here's some good news. We can watch this one real quick. Uh, everyone loves uh, everyone loves uh, Wendy Rogers. Uh, so uh, we'll just check this out. More good news on the election front. Okay, of course, I'm sure all of you guys have heard. Uh, Wendy Rogers is part of a, uh, a group that will be um, doing audits in all 50... Well, they're pushing for the audits, right? Um, and uh, so here's a quick interview with her and Jordan Conradson of the Gateway Pundit where she's talking about it. Um, she was actually in a rally today in Pennsylvania with uh, Governor Doug Mastriano um, talking about election integrity and forensic auditing. So she's a part of this, uh, this team that is doing that now. Um, uh, we didn't, I could not find any footage on the, uh, I could not find any footage on the rally in Pennsylvania today, but I'll continue to dig that up. Maybe I can have it to you guys by tomorrow. Um, I'm sure she spoke, uh, Mastriano spoke, they had a few other speakers, but, uh, let's just, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, give our, uh, undivided attention to, uh, Senator Rogers for a, a couple of minutes. How's it going? This is Jordan Conrad's with the Gateway Planet. I'm here with Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. We're here at the Cyber Symposium. I want to know, what did you think of the Cyber Symposium, Senator? Well, great to be here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We drove from Arizona and uh, got to see the great heartland of our country. Uh, came here with an open mind to learn as much as we could. And what really was a special takeaway is the fact that I think every state here sent a state representative or a state senator. And so we have all gotten to know one another and realized as a group together that we have the plenary power given to us by the U.S. Constitution to oversee the presidential election. And as such, we are now united as state legislatures to go forward to find the truth of what happened in 2020 so that we can restore election integrity for 2022. That's right, we gotta find the truth. Um, so after seeing what you saw here this week, what is your next step? What, what are you gonna do? Well, we are trying to be an inspiration to other states because of our Arizona audit. And of course we have three or four weeks to go uh, before we find out the final uh, results and the findings from that. Uh, in the meantime, I am traveling across the country to encourage other states to do audits because honestly, folks, every county that had machines involved in the election process needs to be audited. And we all are in agreement on that. And I, I just have one more question. Why are you doing this? I, I know as a state senator, it's it's really not your job to go travel to other states and push other state legislators to do do things for their constituents. Why are you doing this? Because I took an oath 
Jordan to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That is a national oath. Yes, I am an Arizona state senator, but first and foremost, I am a United States citizen. And as such, I am here to protect the very fundamental underpinning of our republic, which is the integrity of the vote. That's right. Thank you for your service, Senator. All right. Always nice to hear from Wendy Rogers. So yeah, that's great news. Uh, moving forward with that. Now, guys, I mean, personally, I've been calling for an audit of all 50 states since like January. <laughs> so I'm glad everyone's finally on board with it. And uh, I mean, I had nothing to do with it. It, it. it was all Mike Lindell cyber symposium that got that thing rolling. Uh, but yeah, so there you go, guys, uh, that she was in my she was in my queue today. So cute. So I, I figured we just go ahead and share that with you real quick. Um, and also, yes, uh, most definitely good news there. Good news there. All 50 states, we're looking for it, guys. And, you know, it's going to move at its own pace, but it's coming, okay? Um, hey, oh, let me see the, real quick. Uh, oh, hey, Mr. Nick Walls, I just saw that pop up in there. Connie, catch up. Let me let me do quick uh, quick roll call while I can. Val Kimber, welcome. Connie Ketchup, welcome. Uh, Nick Walls. Uh, let me see who else we got in here that I haven't said hello to. Philly Q, good evening, ma'am. Welcome, welcome to the show. And let's see, uh, let's see who else. Derailing, did I say? Yeah, I think I saw uh, Narco. Ham oh, hey, Narco Hampone. Thank you so much for the kind words there in the in the uh, chat box. Seventeen angels bringing us seventeen blessings. <laughs> and our cloaked unseen. Hey, cloaked. How are you doing tonight? All right, and sunny days. Oh yeah. And yeah, okay, I'm like, oh, I'm a trick pony. Ah, hey guys, what's going on? Uh, all right, cool. All right, so let's keep moving on real quick uh, so we can wrap up our show for tonight. Okay, so now we got the state of Michigan. All right, now we're moving off of the election audit stuff. I had some more stuff. Um, I just didn't have the graphics, so that's why I kind of skipped over it. It was about... Um, it was about Wisconsin, actually. Okay, because like Wisconsin, like I said earlier, like they're not just going to do an audit of Brown County or of Milwaukee County. They're fixing to audit the whole dang state. Like there are 13 confirmed. Uh, there's like uh, 26 in total that have said yes. And they have a lot. They have a few. I mean, there's 72 counties there in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. It's about 72, 76, somewhere in there. Uh, so they they're trying to get all of them on board. But right now, they've, they it looks like they've got at least half of them in the bucket, um, if not more than half of them. So it's it's crazy uh, because uh, yeah, like uh, they uh, they're gonna do a whole state audit, not just a county audit. So that's gonna be amazing um, when that goes through. Um, what you guys talking about, Mr. C. Merchandise? <laughs> oh, you guys keep pushing. Okay, I'm not. I'm gonna have to take a few minutes out of my time and see what I can do about that. Um, but anyways, okay, guys, uh, Michigan. Okay, so this is the fun part. Uh, this is consequences of being a rhino. Okay, <laughs> consequences of being a rhino. Because what have we? What have we been saying here at the C Report for a minute? Uh, we've been saying that basically. Um, Right now is not a good time to be a rhino because all of these people are so uh, involved in their own, you know, debauchery and treasonous activities. All of them are living in such a, uh, a bubble, you know, and excluded from the real world out there that they uh, that they basically don't realize that the constituency is awake and watching them. 
Like, you can be a rhino all you want. You can be one of the 19 senators and vote yay for the infrastructure package and bring in the new Green Deal and communism if you want. But you don't realize that your constituency right now at this moment in time is awake. And that's why all of this had to happen. Because, yes, we're seeing bad stuff happening. Yes, we're seeing bad deals being brokered. Yes, we're seeing the world fall apart. But the difference between what's this moment and the past is that in the past, the constituency was not awake and they were, and if they were awake, they were not doing anything about it. Now at this moment, not only is a good portion of the constituency awake, but they are actively doing something about what they are seeing and what is happening. Okay. So it's a bad time to be a rhino. And I'll say it once, I'll say it again, I'll say it a hundred times. It is rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. So let them make their moves. Let them show who they are. You know, let their trows fall. But we're going to do something about it. Okay, so here's what has happened now. Uh, We're talking about the state of Michigan and the consequences of being a rhino. There's consequences, y'all. There are consequences if you're going to do certain things right now in this moment in American history, okay? The constituency will say something about it. Now, according to Detroit News, Michigan senators have been censored for the no election fraud claims. Now, do you guys remember the story about Senator McBroom issuing that report they did a report on uh, fraud, uh, election fraud, and they found that there was no election fraud. Senator McBroom, Senator Lana Tice. I'm very disappointed about Lana Tice because she gave she gave that uh, uh, health and human services department uh, like lackey some hell when they issued subpoenas on why Governor Wretched, Wretched Gretchen Whitmer had not handed over the COVID-19 data numbers and deaths information. Uh, and I was like, yes, Lana Tice, she looks like she could be a fighter. Well, Lana Tice also signed off on the same Ed Broom, McBroom report and John Bison, him also, signed off on the same report that said, we found no evidence of election fraud whatsoever in the 2020 uh, presidential election. In fact, it was one of the most secure elections that we've ever seen. Well, now they have been censored, okay? The Republican Party in one of Michigan's largest counties voted Thursday to censor three GOP lawmakers who serve on the Senate panel that found no evidence of widespread fraud in the state's 2020 election. The Macomb County Party's executive committee voted unanimously in favor of the resolution, according to Mark Fortin, the party's chairman. Lisa Lisa Mankiewicz, uh, the vice chairwoman, and Terrence Miloski, a former GOP state Senate candidate who was at the meeting. Also at the meeting, the Republican said, uh, the Republican said was Matthew DePerno. Oh, yeah, Matthew DePerno was at that meeting. An attorney from Kalamazoo, <laughs> K-A-L-A-M-A-Z-O-O, Kalamazoo, who has helped lead the effort, uh, uh, help lead the effort question election results, the effort to question election results. The Senate's election, rep- uh, the Senate's election report accused DePerno of spreading demonstrably false information. Why, Lana Tice? Okay, we could have expected that out of Ed McBroon. But anyways, so uh, the Macomb County GOP's resolution to censor Senator uh, Ed McBroom, um, Lana Tice, and John Bison focused on the Oversight Committee's suggestion that Democrat Attorney General Dana Nassell investigates 
those who pushed false claims to raise money or publicity for their own ends. Uh, so I guess it boils down to a, a point of defamation within that report that caused them to do this. Or maybe that's just what they said because they realized that these guys are fools and that indeed Michigan was stolen. Uh, just like uh, the other 49 states in this union. So, all right, consequences coming down for these individuals in the state of Michigan. If you're a rhino, uh, you got a bullseye on your back, uh, metaphorically speaking, at least from your constituents. Huh, who's that ugly hog? Okay, so <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Okay, I should have warned you guys, sorry. Uh, but Lindsey Graham... Lindsey Graham has also been censored, okay? All right, so uh, Lindsey Graham uh, has been censored again in, uh, let's see. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's the wrong one. Oh, wait. Ah, I don't have this story here. Okay, let me put the wrong story up. Let me pull that out real quick for you guys. Let me reach into my magic bucket. Okay. All right. Lindsey Graham is censored by the South Carolina County GOP. Okay. That's the story on Lindsey Graham. And uh, let me see here. It says uh, the Aiken County Republican Party in South Carolina announced Friday it voted to censor Senator Lindsey Graham over his support of the $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. The group said in a statement to Newsweek Saturday that the vote was not against realistic, achievable, and necessary infrastructure projects, and that it understands the importance of strong infrastructure, including roads, bridges, and rural broadband internet access. Senator Graham failed to live up to the conservative Republican principles that we elected him to follow by supporting a bill that does not put strong limits on ambiguous green-focused studies and pork barrel projects that don't really address the true needs in rural America, according to their statement. Okay, so again, guys, they're going to start seeing consequences and ramifications for their actions. Uh, the constituency is awake, right? And, and you know, I know it says the county did this and, and the county did that, and that's why they're censored. Do you think that the county would make that move of their own regard? Or do you think that they're doing it because their constituency is calling them up and saying, look, we're pissed. Okay. So, and that's what gets these people to move, right? When we become active and we express our, uh, our, our, um, our opinion, our belief, our hearts to them and tell them, look, this is what's up. That's where our representatives get the strength to move forward. Like our representatives and senators in Arizona did to do what they're doing. Okay. That's what gives them the strength to move forward. It's literally like, if you believe in your uh, country and your representative, they will have the strength to move, but we can't just sit there. We have to clap our hands and click our heels to get them to do it. That way they can go and do it. So, and that's part of the way the game is formulated. Uh, that's how we have this democracy, right? This democratic republic. Don't forget that, ladies and gentlemen. It is a democratic democratic republic. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed. I had a fun time hanging out with you uh, you all during uh, President Trump's uh, President Trump's uh, interview there and uh, lighting up a little bit more about what's going on in 
uh, Afghanistan. And, you know, we'll see what happens, guys. Uh, this is all part of their some playbook that they're playing right now. Um, but uh, it it's, it's good to at least kind of get a handle on exactly what might be happening, at least a fair speculation, a fair speculation to say uh, for sure, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let me go ahead and release the lotto tickets for you guys tonight. Y'all have been a wonderful, fun group. I'm going to have fun going over uh, this in the... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have fun reading over the chat uh, later on. And uh, I think uh, I think it'll be a great time to see here. Uh, come check out my show. It's lots of fun. Uh, uh, Nick's Obs Obscure Ob Oddities uh, every Saturday at 7 p.m. Um, Arizona time, right? Okay. All right, Nick. Glad you uh, glad you popped in today, sir, and I hope you are doing well. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back and out now. Thank you all so much uh, for the gold pill donations and uh, for being being here in body and in spirit. Uh, we will see you guys again tomorrow for Sandwich Day. That's because it's in the middle of the week, guys. It's Sandwich Day. It's a family show. Okay, Sandwich Day Wednesday. <laughs> Till then, have a great night. Be safe, be blessed, and God bless America.